So Iceland, Nigeria is about to start. It's one of those moments again you realise what on earth could possibly bring the fishermen of Iceland together with the super eagles of Nigeria? Um, speed dating. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but I'm tipping football is probably more likely. It's going to be a great game. We have seen the rising star of African football. But Nigeria, Musa, scored twice, Tony. And Francis, have you got your media guide to tell us who he is? <laughs> we need to uh, do a bit of research. Nigeria have just lit it up against Iceland. It is some performance from Ahmed Musa, who was uh, playing at Leicester City uh, in the English Premier League. What well, a goal the second time was. And he's so great. He's hit the crossbar two minutes ago, and he's uh, and he's and he scored one of the goals of the World Cup 15 minutes ago. With the so. first goal of the game. So so I reckon his price tag, if uh, the folks at the King Power Stadium are looking for a quick sale, I reckon they've just doubled their money or tripled their money in the space of 40 minutes. What a performance. So whatever, what was his name again? Because I need to know, because Nigeria's international airport is going to have his name in about five days' time. It's going to be the Ahmed Musa Airport. <laughs> Musa International. Direct flights from Leicester. <laughs> Well, Tony, we just saw something exhilarating. Ahmed Musa has played 21 times for Leicester. No one really knows who he is. They do now. The good thing about him is that when you try to attribute a nationality's Messi, like he's the Australian Messi, the French Messi, it's very good if all, almost all the consonants are the same. It's yeah. going to be uh, very easy to say that uh, Musa is the Nigerian Messi. <laughs> Wonderful performance. It's great that it just the exuberance of youth, a couple of old men like us, just watching a young guy go, eh, I feel like it today. I feel like being the star of the show. Does he keep that up? Like, is he this thing or is, is it just a golden day? Even if it's just a golden day, what a day to have. I know. They were, they were glorious. I know. I saw how hard you were cheering for Nigeria. And I know that the Icelanders have a kind of romance to them themselves for the, the the story of building a football culture in a fishing village of 300,000 people and turning around things like alcoholism and, um, and youth unemployment and giving hope to a community and making a Euro and making a World Cup and you know in, in many ways it's the model for a small nation to and apparently it's the Uruguay model isn't it? They, yeah pretty much. They also have the, the centralised football academy sort of thing yep. that we can never have because uh, Perth's too freaking far from Melbourne. Um, but but you know to, to see a, even though it's a great romantic tale with with uh, Iceland, I guess Africa they just perennially disappoint at World Cups, and the idea that we can get one through like Cameroon lit up that tournament so many years ago. Can Nigeria do it this time? Don't know if they can do it, but I'm, my heart beats for African football, and I love watching African football, so I hope they stay in the tournament for a long time. It was great to share that moment with you, my friend. Excellent. Tomorrow, three more games. There's a four. <laughs> and the road to Sochi as well. Well, Tony's son is setting in Samara. Beautiful day. You've brought me to this magnificent Uzbek restaurant that overlooks the Volga. Uh, it's an idyllic place to, to hang out and talk about uh, where we sit in the World Cup. I'm feeling a little sense of sadness, a bit of melancholy after Argentina's defeat last night. Not that I want the Argentinians to win, but I'm feeling for Messi. Well, I think many people are, because it's a real legacy piece. This World Cup, they were both coming in, uh, Ronaldo and Messi. Are they both 31 or 30? Something like that. And so, the same age. So we all knew that this would be their last peak of powers World Cup, and the comparisons would start to be made. And, and 
and I guess Ronaldo's four goals in two games and, and Messi hasn't looked like it and so and people are going to draw a conclusion out of that it'll, it'll actually stamp their their passports a little bit he looks a little bit lost he retired from the national team uh, at the end of the Copa America Centenario which they lost on penalties uh, and I think out of a sense of duty he's come back to play and he just is running around like a ghost at the moment and Look, there are two sides. I think there's something sort of bittersweet and beautiful about the greatest players sometimes not reaching all their goals. You know, every every great artistic work should have one blemish because nothing's perfect. And I think Messi's career is going to be that. And I think uh, that's a little unfortunate in some ways, but it also shows that footy, football, any of a sport you're into, doesn't always deliver you everything you want. And, and I mean, I always thought of them as one player being the perfect example of a normal player, which is, of course, is completely abnormal. So Ronaldo just does everything to an unbelievable level. And then there was Messi that existed as this freak of nature that I'd never seen before, where the ball stuck to him in a way that maybe Maradona did it, but basically I'd never, I've never seen it in the modern era. And, and, you know, and I hope that, that when the passports are stamped, people... And they won't. They won't forget what he was. But they don't just say, well, he never really delivered to that Barcelona level at a World Cup, so therefore he is diminished. I hope people don't do that. But, I um, certainly don't. I think his achievements with Barcelona stand for themselves, and that's the highest level of club football week in, week out. The tournament, as is, is a, is a alluring and beautiful and wonderful it is, is still uh, just a microcosm of what the game demands of you at the very best level at club at club land like Barcelona. So I, I hold him still in the highest regard, but, gee, you'd hate to be an Argentinian player at the moment. If you think the Australians, the Socceroos, would be under pressure, if they were struggling. Imagine the pressure on them over the next uh, four or five days as they, they try to qualify. It reminds me a lot of Brazil in 2014. The myth of Argentinian football is sort of cracking a little bit in the foundations and, gee, it's, it's going to be intense. And the contrast to that where, I mean, the international pressure is off is Iceland. They play with the freedom, you know. There's No-one expects them to win and 300,000 people and they're going out and killing it. I've got a theory about Icelandic football, Tony. I want to share this with you. I reckon that since the overfishing of the North Sea, uh, fish stocks are down. 300,000 fishermen not able to get out in their boats very much these days. More time for football. So, is it possible that the degradation of our marine reserves and the planet has actually been a win for football? And are we happy with that? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) So, so less cod, more football is good. Well, I mean... Right here, right now, I'm thinking football. But <laughs> at home, God. at home, I may be more worried about uh, the, the the balance of the world and whether <laughs> things are, are, are truly working out. But uh, at least they're not, uh, you know, mining petroleum in their spare time. It's a it's, it's a real positive. They're not, they're not, I mean, in Australia, we'd play FIFA 18 on, on the PlayStation <laughs> instead of concentrate on becoming a great football nation. So it, I think it's pretty positive. So they play Nigeria. We're going to go in and watch that. Is there any chance we could have the experience? of playing Iceland. Yeah, yeah, we're lined up to play them. As you know, Francis, it's an inevitability. It's an inevitability once France beat Denmark and we win 2-0 against Peru. 4-0. We need four now. No, that's what I'm tipping though. Now you've got no. the. Now you've lit the fire of hope, the little ball of hope in me. Now. What are you doing? I, I thought you cast me as the optimist, and you did it just like, oh, fuck! I can't do the optimist. You're gonna have to be the optimist. Tony, I'm such a joiner. <laughs> I'm such a joiner. Once you made me an optimist, now now I'm like all of like all of the converts. I yeah. became evangelical. That's I become right. rabid. An rabid evangelical op- optimist. <laughs> four nil. 
4-0 Australia versus Peru. Let's go see what our second-round opponents are like when they when they top the group. Let's be optimistic. So they're going to do the thunder clap. We're Australians. We can do ACDC thunderstruck. So it could be thunderstruck versus thunderclap. It's going to be awesome. Thank you.